Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome everyone to the Launch University Podcast. Uh, Kevin Jennings here today, and I have the pleasure of being here with the Chitwoods, um, Derek and Carrie Beth of both Peach State Pride and Empire South. Um, For those who don't know their story, in many ways, they've almost created the logo for the state of Georgia by really putting together an apparel line and and retail stores that really speak to the heart of, you know, what the South and what Georgia is all about and really saying how can we create traditions and stories that connect all of us in creating this symbol and that we can all do where to represent uh, where we're from, our communities, and really just the heart of our hometowns. And so I'm really excited to be with them. I actually had a chance to meet Derek. Uh, We both were on a panel at Break Into Business with uh, Monica. And if you don't know Monica's story, she's on an earlier episode of this podcast. Um, But their organization actually works with young entrepreneurs to help them discover that passion and learn entrepreneurship. And um, he's a great guy. And now I know why he's a great guy, because I'm in the presence of his wife as well. (laughs) Um, And so I want to welcome both of you to the Launch University podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So one of the things that um, really stands out to me about your story is the fact that I don't know if this was necessarily either one of your plans earlier in your life. Um, and so I always love to kind of have you catch the audience up on how you got here. Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely. 100 percent stumbled into what what we currently do. So um, I had graduated from college and my, my plan was to be a, a history teacher and a football coach. And uh, I was going to go to grad school at Clemson and um, declared residency with my uncle in South Carolina and uh, had to be a resident for one year of South Carolina to get in-state tuition for, to Clemson. So I was like, OK. I'll take a year off and um, lived in Athens, Georgia, and I was building playgrounds for a company. That was my job. It wasn't necessarily that I was just had the biggest heart in the world, and I was going out and volunteering doing this, which it was great job to be involved in that was very rewarding, but um, that was my job. That was how I made money, building playgrounds. And so a lot of the playgrounds that we built were in South Carolina, and so we would go to all these small towns, and it didn't matter if you're in the upstate, the low country, the PD. Columbia, Greenville, didn't matter. Everybody had the palm tree crescent moon, which was there. You know, it's on their flag, but it's also this kind of abstract logo that represents the state of South Carolina. And I was like, man, it's so neat that uh, South Carolina has this logo that represents their state and this pride that they have. And I was like, man, I wish Georgia had something like that. So went back to Athens and um, one day just drew up the logo um, that uh, is our current logo, our, our peach logo. And uh, you know, I was like, I want, I want this to become the logo for the state of Georgia. And one, one really cool thing about, you know, the peach logo is I grew up picking peaches with my grandpa uh, every summer as a boy. You know, every morning, you know, I picked peaches with him and just had this great experience. So I was super proud of being from the peach state, uh, probably more so than a lot of people. But, um, you know, just kind of dove in was like, man, I want this to become, you know, the logo for Georgia. And so uh, my roommates uh, mentioned to me that, you know, maybe I should make t-shirts and hats. And I had no, I was thinking, you know, I'll make decals, I'll paint downtown murals, but clothing wasn't, you know, at the top of my list and, uh, didn't have any interest in clothing, didn't have a background in clothing, uh, didn't have a background in business. So, um, but made some t-shirts and hats and sold them to friends. Then a couple stores came calling and created a website and, um, you know, boom, I had a business. And, um, so, you know, had a lot to learn in those first few years because I kind of, like I said, stumbled into it, but, uh, 
you know, really that's kind of where Carrie Beth, my, my current wife, uh, kind of came in cause our strengths are so different. And, um, but she kind of came alongside me in those early years, um, when we were dating and then, um, when we were married, but, um, and just kind of took the business that I had and, and structured it and created these systems and, and kind of put it on the right track. So that's awesome. So, so I would love to even unpack a little bit about, I mean, about how that happened for the two of you. You know, I would imagine that when you first got started, I mean, you're just dating. So, I mean, yeah. so, so that's a whole part of the story too, right? You know, how did you discover like, Hey, I can help. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is like an area of mine. Is that a background of yours from school or? Yeah. So, um, when we started dating in 2009, Ten. Two, 10, sorry. Yeah. You, Derek, sorry. Derek started the company in 2009. We started dating in 2010. I was finishing my last semester at Georgia Tech. Um, I was a management major and had a certificate in marketing. And so, you know, I was taking these business classes and learning about marketing and interviewing to get, you know, a real job out of college. And it was kind of cool to, to be learning these things in class and then you know, my, my boyfriend had started this company and honestly, I thought he was a little crazy. I was like, well, I'm going to have to be the breadwinner here. (laughs) Um, but it, there was definitely, you know, I would step in and help when I could, I would look at the website, help with photo shoots. Um, and so it kind of went like that for a little while. And then eventually, um, so we dated and then we were about to get married in 2013 and we were going to, the company was needed to hire someone with basically my skill set. Um, and so at that point, I like to say I kind of got tricked into, into joining the company. <laughs> but when we got married, I joined full time. And I mean, ever since then, we've just, we kind of, you know, we work hand in hand every day. And not every day is great. We, of course, we disagree on some things. But honestly, it, it's a huge blessing. It's so much fun. It's all that we've ever known. So, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, how do you do it? Well, we don't know. We, we you know, we've never done anything else. But um, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We pretty much every night we go home from work and we walk our little dog Polly and that's kind of our debrief time for the day. You know, how was your day? Good. How was yours? Well, this is going on on this side of the business. How are we going to figure this out? And we talk it out and it's, it's very much a family business in Mm -hmm. that way. You know, we don't have kids yet. And so I'm sure that'll bring new challenges, but for right now it's you know it's us and we have a great team and it's just kind of a part of our a part of our marriage and a part of our life yeah and those walks have been so key for us to be able to kind of shut it off at the end of the day it's almost mm-hmm. the closure at the end of the day where we can kind of talk those last few things out and then kind of you know be normal and and um you know go home and, and relax so that's yeah. awesome so out of cure i mean how, so how large is the team now um we have total between peach state pride and empire south i think we have between maybe 65 and 75 employees but most of those are part-time so we have four retail stores and of course that those you know we have a lot of college kids who work um in our warehouse we have a lot of college kids and interns so it's kind of a mixture of part-time and full-time but we we've been blessed with just an awesome team i mean that's what makes going to work really fun wow for anyone who's listening, I mean, that's a lot of people. Like, that's just a lot of people. And with, I mean, you know, with you attracting college students, interns, that's also a lot of turnover and transition. Yeah. People just moving on because life and you know, just the natural stage of things. Out of curiosity, how have you all navigated that evolution 
in the business. I definitely feel like, or, or, or how you even, you know, made sure that doesn't become a challenge mm-hmm. for you all to kind of have always have a pipeline of high quality college students, high school students, um, interns to, to, to work alongside of you. Right. We, I mean, we have some great managers that kind of, you know, can handle, um, you know, those types of duties. But, uh, so we have like an overarching manager of all four of our stores. Um, and then we have managed like assistant managers that basically are basically managers at each individual store. And so they handle, you know, a lot of those personnel type things, but we've had to create a lot of systems, you know, with that type of turnover. And, um, um, and then we have people for, you know, sometimes in college for two, three, sometimes four years. Uh, but for the most part, you know, most people are, are there for around a year or so and they kind of move on. So you have to have systems in place that, uh, can really, you know, make those transitions a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of the main thing, you know, obviously, the system. So. Yeah, there was a book we read um, several years ago called The E-Myth, and it it just kind of goes through kind of how entrepreneurs typically build their business and how they get to this place where it's just really difficult and kind of the challenge of navigating employees and what your role is mm-hmm. and that we really learned a lot from that in terms of setting up those systems so that we can anticipate, okay, even if we just have people for one year, this is, we're going to ha- make it really easy for them to step in and do their jobs. And I think we, we try to hire for our company culture, for our values. And with that, you know, you can teach anybody to do anything, but values, integrity, those things are not as easy to teach. They're really difficult to teach. And so we, we try to hire based on those things. And then as long as we systemize everything else, it kind of falls into place. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, first of all, that was just a selfish question, by the way. So, some, so somebody's like, like, why did you go there? Because like, I, I was personally curious, and I didn't know how I'm going to get back to it later. Um, but the question I really have for both of you, I think there's a unique vantage point that you two have, or two of them, that I think the average person doesn't have. One, the fact that, Derek, you, you know, you're saying, hey, I stumbled into this. And obviously, I mean, you're clearly a person who has ambition and creativity, and the fact that you'd be willing to um, simply just say, I think this should happen. I'm going to go do it. Like, this is a whole lot about you that I would, I mean, I'm sure it could be another podcast episode to say, how does a person cultivate that within themselves to say, have an idea and I'm just going to go do it. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of people who would, who would get stuck right in, right there alone. And it would have been a cool idea. But the fact that you said, yeah, I stumbled into it, had a business. Then I think you can help a lot of people who are listening say, okay, well, what happens, you know, when you, when you are kind of an accidental entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you need to go learn? What are the, what are the mistakes that you made? What are the things that you, that, you know, you two made together to say, Hey, this was, if we could do it all over again, these would be some of the things we might do differently. So I love for you both to just kind of unpack the story of how things played out because I definitely feel like beyond a story like this, there's definitely success and there's, you know, obviously community and, and love and, but there's also a ton of messy stuff oh, and, yeah. and mistakes. Absolutely. So yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about the story. Okay, what happened? So like, so you, hey, all right, we, we have the business. What did what did you do next? Yeah. So, well, it's interesting. I took a personality test um, a few months ago. Here, Beth took the same test, and um, it came back that I was 46 percent social and like 30 something <laughs> percent creative. So the last 25% was split up kind of between being structured and detail oriented and those types of things. So, you know, I dreamed up this big idea and, you know, I could kind of go out and kind of, you know, spread the, spread the word about it. But, um, when it came down to those systems and that structure and those things, like I'm so lacking in that. And 
you know, I can just remember when I first started, just I would hire friends because that's like the only people, you know, I could basically, that's right. you know, talk into <laughs> to working for me. You know? so, and we were just Tying all, you know, we were doing things, you know, not the right way with, you know, it's just, it was just a mess. And, um, you know, I, I think in some ways, one of the biggest problems was um, I would bring people on and I kind of didn't really establish like a uh, chain of command kind of thing. It was almost kind of like, oh, you're on my level and you're on my level. Let's all work together. But, you know, obviously we run into huge roadblocks with that. So, um, that was one of the first things that we had to tackle was Care Beth kind of came in and, you know, put some uh, structure in place. And, um, yeah, but you got to know your strengths. You have to know your weaknesses. Uh, and you want to kind of you bring people alongside you that can um, be strong where you're weak. So, Yeah, and the personality test that Derek talked about, I was the complete opposite. So I'm the structured one and the detail-oriented one, not as much creative and social. Um, and so I think, again, we've just been really fortunate that our strengths and weaknesses really complement each other. But what I think is encouraging to any entrepreneur is that in those early days, we did make so many mistakes and we, you know, there were days where it was just like, oh, this is all just a headache. You know, maybe the company's growing, maybe we have great sales or, you know, maybe we didn't that day, but it's like, oh, we've just got these other like issues that are difficult. But I think that, you know, we, we always believed in what we were doing. And so it's looking back, it's encouraging that it, you know, if you do start out and it's like, oh gosh, well, I didn't really establish this and now this person's walking all over me or this is an issue, you don't have to stay there. You know, we, wow. we've always tried to learn, learn from our mistakes, be quick to kind of pivot and change when we need to, and also lean on just others in the industry or other business leaders that we know and make those, make those pivots when we need to. And so I think that we've come a long way. You know, we, it, it's not like we just started off and everything was easy and smooth sailing. There were a lot of, a lot of, a lot of those long walks where we're like just ready to pull our hair out. Um, but thankfully, I mean, it's again, looking back, it's like, man, we're in such a good place now. We're not perfect by any means, but compared to what we've been through, we definitely, it, it's, it's encouraging. What assessment did you take you referencing? It's, it was the Emergenetics, isn't that what it was? I think that yeah, was it. yeah. Emergenetics. I'm gonna write uh -huh. that down for myself. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and I don't think that it was actually the like the categories are called social and structured, and I'm pretty sure they told us not to call them that. It was like yeah. colors, but it, it was a great program. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, and 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 you also mentioned just like the the power of being self aware and knowing your strengths. So out of curiosity for for both of you, I mean, obviously you mentioned just taking that assessment couple months ago and you two have been doing this for a lot longer together so how did you go about becoming self-aware enough to know that i mean because i would imagine that oftentimes when at least my experience you know with my with my own wife the connection and chemistry feels very organic right you know because you two are so, so complimentary because you're so different you know you feel the the completeness with one another mm -hmm. but you may not say to yourself you know what I have no structure. I am all over. Like, like I don't think, I don't, right. I, I, and I'm sure people probably wouldn't say that about you. You might feel like I'm creative, but I'm sure to many of your family members who were seeing you do this, you know, for that year before Carrie Best starts helping you, they're like, man, look at Derek go, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so they're sitting around and look what he's doing. He's got a structure, he's got employees, he's doing it. And you're like, yeah, kind of, right? So I'm curious to hear how both of you went about becoming self-aware to recognize and acknowledge each other's strengths, but also acknowledge your own. Yeah, I think we're both pretty honest and pretty 
critical of ourselves type of people. So that helps. Uh, it's funny. Kirbeth's dad was a hospital administrator for, I don't know, 30 something, 40 something years or, or something like that. And he has gone on and on and always told us that we need to do these personality tests with all of our, our people. And, um, and we hadn't even done them ourselves. So, um, or maybe we had at one point, but, um, this one was, one, this one yeah. was particularly helpful cause, um, you know, it made me realize how social, you know, I was. And if, and it also made me realize like, if I'm that poor at being structured and system, like <laughs> I better be dang good at being social and yeah. going out and it made me say, okay, let me schedule some more lunch meetings. Let me, you know, go out and, um, you know, be the face a little bit more. So That's awesome. it was incredibly important for me to, to understand who I was. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, three or four months ago, it's been kind of been kind of groundbreaking for me. Yeah. So. And I think there's a lot of freedom in that too, because if you're trying to, I mean, it goes back to with any member of your team, them being in the right seat on the bus, right? You kind of, you hear that, like, do you have the right people and they in the right seat? But I think for us personally, there's freedom in that because if Derek is, you know, if his day looks just like, okay, I've got to, you know, follow this really structured regimen of Excel spreadsheets. And, you know, to me, that's great. But to him, it's just, he's not going to be happy in a role like that. Yeah. And so kind of knowing yourself gives you the freedom to do what you're good at. And, you know, when it's your business, you can kind of fill those voids of what you're not good at. And I think back to kind of the first thing that you said, we, we both, try to have a very high standard with everything that we do and we're pretty critical I think we and we tell people that when we bring them on board hey like we're really critical we have a high standard so we're going to always be trying to get better so with that I think we're always looking at our company and as at ourselves saying okay you know I'm not very good at this and it's it's not so much a humility thing. Uh, I wish it were, but I think it's more just like, <laughs> oh gosh, like I'm terrible at this. Like I need to get better at this. So I guess that self-awareness just comes from kind of being critical in general. Yeah. And I do think, you know, when you first start the business, you know, you, you kind of have to, you have to kind of just bite the bullet and, and handle some areas of a business where you're not strong. I mean, that's part of, that's part of the challenge of being an entrepreneur is, you know, you have to kind of power through at the beginning and say, you know, I'm not good at this. Uh, this isn't good. One day I'm going to have to hire for this, but you got to do it. And that's kind of one of the yeah. tough, like growing pains. Uh, and we still go through a little bit of that too. Absolutely. So, so out of curiosity, knowing again, going to the idea of being an accident entrepreneur, what were some of the things that you two wish you would have done sooner or at least just done differently in, in that early stage of, okay, hey, getting some sales in. Yes, we can't have a team of 65 people right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But, there's two or three or four of us, you know, we're, and we're making things happen. What's something you might have done differently early? And I would love for that to come from both of you here. Each of you have kind of your, your own answer there. Yeah. Um, one thing that my dad always says is to avoid, to avoid a misunderstanding, you have to have a clear understanding. And mm-hmm. so I think it's so simple, but just, you know, when you hire somebody, kind of being straightforward with them, letting them know this is you know, this is your compensation. These are the days off you get all of those things. It seems obvious, but it's just being straightforward. And this is what we expect from you, making sure there's a completely clear understanding of anything like that. And that, that applies to so many different things, just communicating things, never assuming that people just know or understand what you want them to do. Communication is so key. And then for me, I think 
the whole idea of progress over perfection because we do have a pretty high standard I think especially in the early days there were things that I would just be really anal about you know such Mm -hmm. a stickler about and it can go in the opposite direction you know that it's important from a branding standpoint and from a culture standpoint to have a high standard but not sweating the small things you know I think Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of sleep on things that really in the grand scheme of things probably weren't that big of a deal so looking back, that's that's the advice I would give myself. Hmm. What about you, Derek? Yeah, well, first off, I think, you know, that was one of the most important things was learning about setting that expectation. I think that was one of the first huge hurdles that we had. I think probably the biggest headache, the toughest season that we ever went through was after we realized we had hired someone who didn't fit our culture, didn't share our values. And, you know, it's a mistake that we made, and, and it really, really affected us in a way that, you know, for – six months or a year it was just you know not the not the best season of our um our business so ever since then we've we've decided that you know you have to hire somebody with 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 the same values hire you know fire fast hire slow we, we take our time now hiring and, and make sure that you know they 100 percent align with with who we are and what we you know want our culture to be so and and so do you feel like you could have created your values earlier in the process to, to to have a litmus test? Or do you feel like, hey, you know, I just got started. I don't even know if I would have known what my values were to even do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to, to articulate them as clearly as you have now. No, that's a great point. I think, yeah, I think if we would have written down our values and just kind of always use that as this like, you know, this barometer of, you know, how we hire and, and who we want to bring on. Yeah, that would have been huge. We didn't really do that until really until recently. I mean, we kind of established, you know, what our values were and what we wanted to hire for. But uh, up until the last, like, I don't know, six year. month or a yeah. year, we, um, we've written them down. We've kind of made that, you know, an important part of who we are. So That's powerful. So let's fast forward a little bit, right? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that's the early stage, but, you know, you came a long way from this is my first time putting this logo on a hat and a T-shirt. Um, I'm looking at you right now. You're wearing a really, really nice shirt, uh, button-down Oxford-style shirt, right? And so, you know, that's a long way from T-shirts. And it also, what, four retail locations that also carry other brands beyond your own, but then a clothing line that you allow other retail stores to carry. So those are two different business models. I mean, even how you got to that spot. So I love to understand how you discover that because I do think as as launchers, people who are getting started, you likely have ideas, you know, I mean, I'm, even if, you know, you might be the creative one, you know, Carrie Beth being critical like you are, like you are as well. Like you both probably see tons of opportunities to improve and get better and grow. And so I'm always curious how people evaluate an opportunity to say, okay, this is time for, for a physical store. So first of all, just kind of walk through that story. Like, so Peach Day Pride grows as far as selling the individual, like your actual clothing line. And then from there, you decide to launch your first retail location. When does that happen? And and how do you all go about making that decision? Yeah, so now it's going back to what you were talking about with the button down that I'm wearing. We have a product development team. We didn't have that when I started. <laughs> uh, so we, have, we have a team, and one of the members on our team is great at, you know, designing patterns and, you know, the cuts of shirts and the types of materials and, and things that, you know, I certainly didn't know to start with. When I when I started Peach State Pride, I didn't even have a target market in, in, in mind. I was thinking more like, okay, let's – you know, there are so many people that are proud of the state of Georgia, and this is still a huge part of who we are is, you know, I want to, you know, go side by side with those people that have that same emotion, that same pride in the state of Georgia and create something, you know, for them. But, you know, we realized pretty soon after doing this, you kind of have to narrow it down a little bit and have like an actual target market 
And so that that was an important part, you know, that first year or two, just learning like what is it like to be a clothing line because that's what I, that's what you know yeah. I had become. And um, so that was important. Um, and you know, kind of getting the brand on track that was important. And we really hit it at the right time. There was the southern clothing market kind of took off around the time that I'd started it. So we were early in the game of that and kind of got on the shelves of some really good stores and the brand kind of took off. But um, I think like Carrie Beth kind of talk about yeah. when the store came in. and Yeah, so in 2013, Peach State Pride had gotten some traction, you know, and we were in, I don't know, a ham- 30, 40 stores, I don't know, something like that at that point. And we had gotten engaged in January, we're getting married in June, and we were trying to figure out where we wanted to live. So Derek was, um, I think you had sublet your house in Athens, maybe, and he was back home with his parents, because that's what you do when you're starting a business a lot of times, don't have any money. Um, So he was operating the business out of his parents' shed, and he would literally have to move boxes off of his bed to go to sleep at night. I mean, it was just, you know, that sort of thing. So as we were trying Trying to figure out where we wanted to live, I didn't want to live with his parents. Ideally, you did. I, I know, who crazy. Guess, right? They're great people. I love them. <laughs> but um, and so Watkinsville—that's where we live now. We knew that that was just a great area right outside of Athens, Georgia, and so we we were kind of to the point of where we needed a warehouse space, right? And so our our idea was, well, what if we rent out a store, a retail space, and kind of operate Peach State Pride out of the back of that? We'll ship out of there. We'll kind of shelve all the products. And then we'll open a little store in the front. That way, maybe we can break even. You know, we, we don't really have to pay rent if we're selling stuff out of there, too. And so we tried. We we opened the store that year. It was called the Peach State Pride Store. And we also sold some, like, women's items because I was like, if we're going to open a store, I want to sell women's dresses, too. That sounds fun. Um, so it's called the Peach State Pride Store. It killed it. I mean, it did awesome. And so the next year, the space next door to us came available. So we doubled the size of the store and started bringing on other brands that we felt like really complemented Peach State Pride. You know, it, you want to be in good company. So we, we were kind of curating a store of brands that we felt like were either local brands or even nationwide brands like, you know, Patagonia. They're such a great sustainable company. We wanted them to be in our store. Um, And so that year we changed the name to Empire South just to avoid confusion there. And then Georgia, one of the nicknames of Georgia is the Empire State of the South. So it still had that kind of Peach State Pride connection there. And then from there, it just kind of, you know, we opened, I think we opened another store that same year in 2014 and then the next year and then the next year. So we've kind of been on pace opening about a store a year. Wow. Um, and it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I help with a lot of the buying still. And it's that's kind of, I guess, my creative outlet. It's just it's like going shopping, right? <laughs> but you got to be a little more analytical. But um, that's great. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So, Derek, a moment ago, you also mentioned the fact that even before the retail, you say, hey, we got we got our product together. We, we got our brand together. I love to understand what that was like, because right now to a to a person who's just being introduced to Peach State Pride and Empire South, your story so clear. Right. There's this there's I said, there's this richness of heritage and pride about where you're from and and even even the flaws. Right. It's just a story in that we're saying, hey, this is this is my history, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to understand what the story was in your mind then and maybe when you knew 
what this was going to mean on a larger scale? Was this always the vision around 2010 where it kind of hit you said, yes, this is what we are? Or, or was that evolving over time? I think from the very beginning, I wanted this logo to be the logo for the state of Georgia. I mean, just a, you know, a huge dream. But um, I could envision it in my mind, like just seeing it everywhere and just people... And, you know, in South Carolina, it's like you can be from North Dakota or you can be from Kansas and you see that palm tree crescent moon and you say South Carolina. And that's what I wanted to see with, with Peach State Pride. So that was kind of what I tried to was trying to do. That was the vision. Um, but it was just it was so easy to bring my story alongside that vision. I was the grandson of a peach farmer. Yeah. And I had an incredible experience picking peaches with my grandpa and learned so much about life. I mean, he... He sang hymns as he walked around the tree. He told wow. stories from, you know, his childhood and throughout his life. And, um, you know, just kind of sitting there soaking those things in with my brother and my great uncles and just having that experience in the peach orchard. There was so much emotion that went into our story. And, um, you know, people loved that, you know, and it, and it was so genuine, though. It wasn't like I was trying to create this story. I mean, the story was real. And so going out and kind of uh, telling the story to people, it made it easy to sell the brand. So... You know, and you still, like, if, if you have any, any conversation with me, um, you know, I'm going to bring up my grandpa pretty soon. <laughs> um, and that's to this day. You know, I've been telling the same story for um, almost 10 years now, nine years. And, um, you know, I still, I still love to tell it. It's still right there at the heart of what we do. So That's really cool. So so now for the business side of it, right, you mentioned a moment ago, hey, we didn't have a target market when we started. And so I'm, I am kind of curious to hear what you discovered you know, because I think there might be someone who is listening right now and they might have more of what I would call a non-traditional business idea in the sense that you started with the heart of the story and the mission first. Right. And, said, right. and then and said, okay, and I'll figure out whatever's going to come next from here. What did you discover that, you know, to say, hey, this is how we know who our target is when comes from such a simple place of like just a love and an appreciation for where you're from? Yeah, I think um, I think with clothing, you kind of have to hone in a little bit because there's so many different styles. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to be true a little bit to yourself. Um, and Carrie Beth and I, we even talk about this uh, with Empire South today, that Empire South needs to be a reflection of who we are because you're going to have people come and go with your store. And one thing that we had going on with uh, Empire South at one point was we would – we would have some girls that were uh, in college and they would have this like vision for, you know, how they wanted to buy and how they wanted to make the store. And they would be with us for six months or a year. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And we're like, wait, how are, what were they, what was their, what were they doing to, to buy? Like, what was their goal? And so we realized with, with turnover and things, we're the consistent, you know, people. So yeah. it needs to be a reflection of us. And I kind of think the same thing with Peach State Pride early on. We didn't necessarily have that mentality, but it needed to be a reflection of who I who I am. I really didn't have a, a lot of style, to be honest with you. <laughs> Carrie Beth kind of helped me with that. So in some ways, it was like we kind of went the direction that uh, maybe Carrie Beth wanted to go. But um, you can't have a clothing line that's trying to sell to you know a grungy style, uh, preppy style, uh, outdoorsy style, you know, athletic style. You might can mix a little bit in there, but sure. for the most part, you you've got to hone in, and so you create a target market um, that's going to buy that particular type of clothing. Um, so yeah. that was kind of how we. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think at the core, we we've always wanted to be classic and timeless. You know, just with Peach State Pride and with Empire South, we feel like 
that that's who we strive to be and so that's what we want our products to be just classic quality timeless Mm-hmm. One of the one of the final questions I have for both of you, um, like I said, I, I've been trying to touch on all the different dynamics. I think you know, obviously, accidental entrepreneurship, um, the idea of having you know, I said two different kind of business models, and we touched on it briefly. We talked about your your walks, but I mean, YouTube been married for how long now? Five years tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, come on, <laughs> well, you are, I'm, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end this quickly so y'all can get out of here. Um, <laughs> but you have you know you have that going on, and so I mean, you've been dating. For for eight eight nine years together total. That's right. Yeah. Eight years, right. Yeah. yeah I guess so. Wow. And so so you take that and you say you're learning about yourselves at the same time learning what it's like to be an entrepreneur a leader in this in this capacity with a fairly large team and for many of your team members you're intersecting their life in a pretty influential period of their life as they're figuring out what they're going to do with their lives. Um, and so I'm just curious to hear how how you two have just navigate that together. I think just in general, like I mean, I think there's a lot to navigate about life as it is. And you add a business, you add a lot of other stuff going on to it. So I just love to hear how you two have navigated that, and 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 really how you two have have what you discovered works when you have a family business like this, when you're working so closely with your spouse to grow an organization. Anything that you might feel you can pass along to others who might be exploring a similar thing, where hey, they want to start something with their spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, with any relationship, there's a give and take, there's communication. I think that we have been very lucky and very blessed, but I think that we've also been strategic about, you know, just, I mean, our faith is a big part of our lives. We, you know, we pray every night before we go to bed. I heard, I think it was an Andy Stanley sermon where he talked about couples who, it's like that one thing, if you pray every night before you go to bed, your chances of staying together are so great. And I think that kind of investing in our relationship outside of the business has been very, very important. And just looking for mentors in our marriage, you know, both of our parents um, have thankfully really great marriages. And so not being so focused on the business that we forget who we are. And I have to take a step back sometimes and say, okay, if all of this disappears, we're still going to be us, you know, we're still going to be okay. Excuse me. Um, But I think just you know, never losing sight of what's important in life. You know, it's the business is great and it's a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, that's that's not what we're here for. And I think that we with our employees, with our team members, we want to make sure that they leave us better. Right. So we want to make sure I mean, one of our goals, one of kind of our while we're here is to invest in our team members. That's kind of one of our three tenants there. Um, and so we want to invest in each other, make each other better, and then also, you know, do the same for our team. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of our most important things that we do with hiring and, and creating the culture that we want is we hire humility. And so we try to bring people on that we feel like are going to be humble people and take criticism and grow. They're in a form a lot of them are very formative um, season in their life, like you mentioned. And, and um, if they're the type of people that, you know, have this ego or they, you know, don't allow us to teach them, then it becomes difficult for us to, and you know, have the impact that we want to have. So, you know, having, having humble people that, you know, can be self-critical and those types of things or that kind of helps us kind of be an impact on their lives and, you know, speaking of humility, like, and Carrie Beth mentioned it earlier that, you know, she was worried when we first started dating. She said, you know, that 
oh, I'm going to have to be the breadwinner. Well, she's still the breadwinner. She, (laughs) I can humbly say that she, she, (laughs) you know, at this point in the business, I was so critical and and my strengths were so important for, for starting this business and being this kind of like person that's not, not afraid to take a risk and kind of getting it to a certain point. But for the last like, you know, five years, Carrie Beth has been, you know, implementing structure and systems and, um, and I understand that. Yeah. I understand, you know, our strengths and weaknesses, and um, it just makes it a lot easier to work together when, you know, I can, you know, humbly say, you know, that, okay, she's very strong over here, and she's doing such great things. Um, and I think there's, there's a give and take, like she mentioned earlier. You know, we both know when to take the high road um, when we've kind of pushed the, the wrong buttons maybe and, uh, <laughs> um, and to kind of step back, and, and we both know that. So, And I think having that kind of open – communication like I know when to defer to Derek if we're butting heads on something you know at the end of the day well I mean at the end of the day you know he started Peach State Pride I'm very much a part of it but if it's a big major company decision I'm gonna defer to him I'm gonna say you know it's he's gonna be the one with the final say there and if it's something you know creative wise or um, you know, there's certain things that I know I'm going to defer to him. Now, if it's something that's structure, spreadsheets, you know, stuff like that, he's going to defer to me. So it's mm-hmm. kind of knowing that kind of what you're good at and not being so prideful that you think you're good at something that you're not, right? Wow. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful for, the, for both of you uh, and, and your transparency. Um, for those of you all can't see them, uh, they're left one another so blatantly obvious. Like when they're when the other person's talking, they they both have really sweet, loving, googly eyes. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, it's fantastic. No, it's encouraging, right? Because I think that for a lot of people who who aspire to do anything with their spouse, it's scary because you because you do have this opportunity where you can you've seen other people who've lost something with each other. Because they become such great teammates, which is fantastic, right? But it can become so transactional and operational and structured in nature that it bleeds over in a way that allows them to lose what the two of you clearly still have for one another. And it's really encouraging and cool to see. Um, one of the things I just want to recap some things I learned that I think everybody here, first of all, E-Myth Revisited, E-Myth, I got <laughs> yeah, that, wrote that down. Right. And then the other thing, uh, Emergenetics. So that's, a, that's a, um, a test that can help you become self-aware. I mean, I think both Derek and Carrie Beth both mentioned about four or five times now at this point the power of self-awareness and there and the fact that a lot of what's working is their knowledge about themselves and their knowledge about one another now obviously if your husband and wife team hopefully that comes with it you kind of maybe have that baked in with one another see the the value each you can provide but it's clear that each of them has done a little bit of homework on themselves because they're speaking from a place of confidence and a place of humility that i think only comes from when you know yourself enough to know hey i I can re- appreciate your value because I also know my own value and I don't have. And so me appreciating you doesn't mean I'm not special or I have nothing to add. It's just me acknowledging what you bring to the table. Um, and so I've been really encouraged by the conversation. Obviously, Derek, I mean, I said, getting to know you, uh, meet, meet you a couple months ago was great. This setting, this context is such a beautiful light on you, man. So, yeah. So thank you so much. So how can they learn more? about where you're working how can they purchase some of this uh some of this awesome clothing if they want to they want to go visit one of the stores where can they go 
Peach State Pride, if you live in the state of Georgia or if you just love the state of Georgia, peachstatepride.com. We have free shipping. Um, and then we're sold in a little over 100 different stores across the state, small towns, large towns, kind of everywhere. Um, and then Empire South, our stores are in Atlanta, the Virginia Highlands neighborhood, Athens, Georgia, Watkinsville, Georgia, and Livonia, Georgia, and then EmpireSouthClothing.com. That's awesome. Well, Derek, Carrie Beth, thank you so much and happy anniversary. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.